0: Welcome to Unleash Your Greatness, I'm Adam Platt. Today my guest is Peyton Lynch and we're gonna be talking about her brand new book that's coming out, it's called Rise From the Ashes. It's a story about trauma, resilience, and growth from the children of 9-11. So we're gonna get into that discussion right after the intro. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves, and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness. I'm Adam Platt, and today I have a super amazing guest on. Her name is Peyton Lynch. She is a a product manager and uses her storytelling abilities at the Walt Disney Company as a storyteller to tell magical stories. Uh, She also uses that skill of telling stories where she decided to write a book, which is uh, what we're going to be focusing on today. And that book is called Rise from the Ashes, and it is all about the children who have survived from our parents from 9-11 of people who died in the 9-11 tragedy and their children who of the parents who survived them so i'm excited for this interview and peyton welcome to the show i appreciate you being here
1: oh my pleasure i'm so excited to join you today adam
0: yeah thanks for um being willing to come and share your story and and so i want to get into um why you got into this because there's definitely a backstory there and why it's so important for you to share This message of children who survived, uh, you know, their parents passed away during 9-11 and such a tragedy. And and it's crazy that that was uh, 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, just it's mind boggling. And uh, you were probably much younger than me when it happened, but uh, because I'm I'm much older. But I I think everybody remembers that day who was alive and seeing that unfold the, you know, the planes crashing into the Twin Towers and the news coverage and everything that happened. And then of course, everything that happened after that for the next decade plus and and still going on today. And it just changed our whole world. And for the people that you wrote about in your book, it changed their world in a much different way than most of us. So Mm -hmm. um, tell me why you got into this. Let's, I know why, because we chatted about it, but I want the listeners to know why you're so passionate about this this topic.
1: Absolutely. So definitely on the surface, it might just seem, you know, what's the tie in here? She works in product at Disney. Why is she <laughs> writing a book about 9-11? Um, but there is a personal connection. Uh, you know, as a child, yes, I remember where I was. And um, almost everyone I speak to does remember where they were, if they were alive in that moment. Um, so as an American, I certainly have that tie in. Um, But it wasn't until actually I I was an adult and I uh, met my husband. Uh, He's now my husband, was my boyfriend at the time. And uh, we had just started dating in the summer. And then he took me out to dinner on September 11th of that year. And I just thought, you know, it was a casual dinner date like other dinner (laughs) dates. And uh, what I found out uh, was he was actually going to be sharing the story of how his father passed away in 9-11. Um, so a little less than casual, um, nice. on that date and, uh, but I had immense respect for, um, my husband opening up about that part of his story because, yeah. um, that comes from a very vulnerable place. Um, and I think in that moment, I was just so amazed, you know, I, I, I could have never imagined that this happened to him and his family, knowing who he is. He is such a, a positive and not like in a toxic positivity way, but in a, like grateful for every moment, um, you know, always looking for growth and just, a a a grateful heart about everything. Um, and I just thought in that moment, you know, man, if that were me, I would not be so grateful, you know, every day and wake up with such kindness in his heart. Um, and yet he does. And so, um, I always knew this about him, that he was this kind of person um, and now it's, it's coupled with this, this loss, right. That he's gone through and how it's impacted his life. Um, and then, you know, we've been married, uh, about five, a little bit more than five years now. Um, and the wonderful year of 2020 came on by, left us all a, a little present with, uh, COVID-19, which has had, um, some significant impacts for a lot of people Um, and we've had our own challenges. He was, um, he was laid off this year. I, uh, we've been struggling with some uh, challenges with infertility. And as we've been going through that, I, it's been, it's been um, uh, impacting me a lot more than it's been impacting him. And at first I was really frustrated by this. I was like, well, what the heck? Like, why is he able to deal with this? Does he not care? And it's not that he doesn't care at all, right? He's very much involved. And, um, you know, uh, impacted by what's going on in our lives right now. But it's that he's already been through hell. Right? And he knows he got through that. So he can get through this. And that is what started to make me think, you know, I'm a, I I'm a storyteller at Disney and what I do, you know, storytellings in, in my blood. Right. Right. Um, and I just felt that there was a story to tell here in a book. And so I started speaking with other, um, folks like my husband, I always say children, right? Because we say nine 11 surviving children. They were children at the time. They're very much adults now. Um, And what I found is that there is this common resilience among a lot of 9-11 surviving children that I really wanted to tap into, um, you know, on a, maybe a selfish level to help me get through some of Mm. my own grief and trauma that I'm experiencing right now. But I see a greater purpose now that their stories 20 years later can help provide hope to others who might be going through some challenging times right now.
0: Wow. So, that's amazing. I, I want to, um, oh, I've got so many questions, but, uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I, how old was your, your husband when his father passed away in nine 11? I'm, I'm curious. He was fairly he was young. 13, 13. Okay. Yeah. So a teenager. So he was old enough that he remembers his dad. He remembers, you know, what he was like and, and all those things. And what did his father do? What, what caused him to be at the world trade center at that time?
1: Yeah, this, so this is uh, a pretty amazing story. His dad was uh, the property manager of Two World Trade. His name was Robert Henry Lynch Jr. And um, ironically enough, he actually survived the bombing um, that happened a few years prior um, at the buildings there. Uh, And he was working at the building at the time. He called home to tell everyone that he was safe. Uh, They actually still have that... um, voice message, if you'll believe on the Mm -hmm. little recorder box, you know, that Uh they would have had in 2001. And, uh, he said that, you know, I'm out, I'm safe. I love you. And I'll call you as soon as I can. And the call never came. And, uh, they waited, you know, as a lot of families did weeks on end without really any sense of closure. And, um, you know, like his family never recovered a body or really anything that could give any closure. Um, nor really at this time they are still identifying people, but really 20 years later, what sense of closure does that really give? Um, and then, uh, after having some good conversations with others who were there that day, uh, since he was the property manager, he had, he was very well connected, knew a lot of people. Um, my husband also often refers to him as the mayor, um, because so many people knew him by name and. Uh, they came to find out that he did re-enter one of the buildings and was escorting people out of uh, the main lobby into safety. So um, he is recognized as a hero. He does have a a Medal of Valor uh, along with other first responders that day. So um, definitely a a great legacy that he leaves behind.
0: Yeah. Wow. Super amazing that... uh... It, it just, it gives me goosebumps to think that there were so many amazing people and so many acts of heroism that day of people who, who got out and could have easily gone to safety, right? But they decided yep. I'm going to do my duty, go back in and do my part to try to get other people out. And he was one of them. And of course he paid the ultimate price and uh, thank goodness he, he's he been recognized as a hero because that truly is, is amazing that he was willing to do that and, and to put his life or give up his life to help other people get to safety. That's that's super amazing. Hey, it's Adam. Real quick, I just want to jump in here and let you know that if you haven't set goals, right now is the perfect time to set those awesome goals that you want to go after, those dreams that you want to accomplish, those things that you want to do in your life, create the lifestyle that you want. Right now is the perfect time to set those. And I have this new ebook that I just created. It's called 7-Step Goal Setting Workshop. And you can grab a free copy. It's usually a $47 value, but you can grab a free copy today at arise2connect.com goal setting. And in this book, this ebook, you're going to learn how to evaluate priorities, how to create successful goals, and simple hacks to manage your goals. So again, this is a free copy right now The 7-Step Goal Setting Workshop ebook that you can grab right now. And I hope that you go out there, you'll grab that copy of your, this free book and start setting those amazing goals so that you can create the life that you want. And now let's jump back into the episode. It, it blows me away that your first date with your husband was on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, to me, that would be such a poignant day for him and a day that I, for most people, I wouldn't think like most young adults who are going to go out on a date aren't like, you know, I'm going to go out on 9-11 the day that my dad passed away and I'm going to share this story. But for some reason he had that in him. And of course you guys, you guys bonded over that. You connected over that. And, and that's amazing. You guys are together. You're married now. Uh, but it just, it, it kind of blows me away that that was like the day that you guys met, like it was like almost fate or meant to be that you guys yeah. were supposed to come together and that you were supposed to write this story about other children, survivors of 9-11 and, and how they have this resilience. Like, uh, it, it's amazing that your your husband is, with all the things that you guys are going through, that he has such a different perspective than you probably do because of what he's gone through. And it just... I guess I want to kind of pick your brain on that a little bit more and get into that, that kind of uh, mindset that he probably has. And I'm sure you guys have discussed it, you know, like, why are you so laid back about this? You know, you know, we can't have kids. It's hard. It's I'm so, you know, just or whatever. I don't know what word you use. I'm just I'm probably putting words in your mouth, but um you know they're all very
1: close to (laughs) reality i I mean
0: my my, one of my sisters they struggled for a number of years to have children and and went through a lot of things so i i kind of have a a a view of what that is like so i can kind of understand but it sounds like where you were kind of struggling he's kind of like you know i have this different perspective of life and i would consider it kind of a mortality view of life like life is short like why get upset and why worry about things you can't control you do your best and I don't know what is what is kind of his mindset like I'm sure you've had great discussions and great lengths about this so kind yeah. of explain that to us
1: yeah it's it's those conversations in great lengths with him and then these additional conversations with other 9-11 surviving children that just layer that on over and over again where I, I'm seeing these Themes just continue to emerge. And part of it is what you just mentioned, right? There's this life is short, right? I mean, yeah. one day they had their parents and the next they didn't. Um, and that is something that you, you can't, I don't think you can really imagine um, until it happens, right? right? And there's an unfortunate nature to that, right? We all want to try to. Keep that mindset in place, right? But it can be difficult um, to really imagine that until you lose the thing that you most care about, right? Or yeah. a parent. Um, sure. And then another piece of that is that um, I find that many of them are just, they just are so grateful. And it's not just that they're genetically wired to be more grateful, but that they put it in practice. Mm. And so they wake up in the morning and try to write down some of the things that they're grateful for they before they go to bed at night they think about the things that they're grateful for in that day i've heard this theme time and time again in the interviews i've done and that has been one of the most resounding things that's stood out to me as a practice that i want to and have um, added to my own routine Mm -hmm. um because it's not to say that what you're going through isn't difficult, right? Yeah. We're, the, the whole um, post-traumatic growth, that idea is not to belittle any pain that anyone's been through. Yeah. Um, and I, I can still, I can have multiple feelings, right? I can acknowledge that what I'm going through is difficult, but I also have a lot of great things to be thankful for. And so as I end my day thinking about that, I find that I'm able to sleep a lot easier um, than I had in the past, you know, going to sleep in this state of worry about what's going to happen next. Wow.
0: Yeah. That mindset of gratitude and that, that setting that intention like throughout the day is such a powerful tool. And I think, and you're, you know, I hear that theme quite often. I try to practice that myself is when I get up, I have a little journal that I write down, uh, at least three things I'm grateful for. And then I write my goals for Mm -hmm. what that I'm working on currently working on. And it really does set up this intention for the day. It gets you kind of in the right perspective of what is important and what, and for me, like that gratitude perspective is what really opens up our, our ability to see past these hard things that we're going through. Right. Um, when we have gratitude for the things that we do have in our life, then we can minimize and not that they're small, but we can, we can minimize some of those struggles and, and, and put them kind of lower on the priority of especially if there's things that you just can't control right like you yes. know um getting pregnant there's only so much you can do about <laughs> right. how to get pregnant right yes you can go see doctors you can do uh expensive you know in vitro and all these things and you work through that as you you need to but at the end of the day like there's only so much you can really do and yeah. you just have to have that perspective of you know what I I have a home I have a warm bed to sleep in I have food to eat. I have, I have my husband come home every day to me when his father didn't come home to him when he was 13 years old. Like, it's just amazing to really put things into perspective. So I I love that. I love that you shared that. And I love that so many of these survivor children have that same perspective to life. And that so many Mm -hmm. of them have that in a routine or um, morning habit that they, they create in their life. So that's impressive super awesome. I love it. Yes.
1: Um, And I'm so glad you brought up control as well. Um, because that's been a key uncovering for me as well. Um, as I'm now experiencing one of my biggest trials as an adult, um, that brings different challenges than someone else who experienced their biggest challenges as a child. And what I find is a lot of nine 11 surviving children, at least the ones I've spoken to, have a better grasp on the things they can control or have influence over and what they cannot. And I think for a long time, because I didn't come up against a lot of obstacles, right? Middle class, white, you know, (laughs) um, I I had good grades, like things always kind of were in my control or at least I thought, right, Right, were in my realm of influence. And they've realized very early on, tragically, that that is not the case. And so they seem to have a better realization of, okay, you know what? This is outside of my sphere of influence. So I've got to let that go. And here's the list of, to your point of goal setting, right? Of what I can influence in this moment.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So, so powerful that they have that. And, And most of them, I would think kind of, obviously not all of them developed it right away. But over time, they've like, hey, you know, I, I need to focus on what I can control, not what I can't. And I think that really is power. Like, truly, like when you when you stop giving your energy into stuff that doesn't, that you can control or what doesn't matter and you don't waste that energy, like, then you can really focus on, like you say, the goals, the things that really can impact your life the most. And you're just, I, I think it helps. Dissipate anxiety because so time so oftentimes we worry about things we can't control, and a lot of anxiety comes from that. And so we can get rid of that anxiety and just be like, you know what? If I can just if I can focus on this task or this project or this, you know, like your book, right? Like you probably sat down and you're like, okay, I'm going to really focus on this project, and it probably helped get your mind off of you know your current situation. It's cathartic.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. very cathartic, and. And I, and you're right. I think it's, well, it's been cathartic for them as well. At least that's, that's what they've shared with me is sure. being able to share this story in a positive way. Yeah. But I think you've exactly nailed it. It, it wasn't instantaneous. They didn't yeah. we, wake up on nine 12 and are grateful for what they have. Right. I, right. They just lost All their parent or at that state in a state of confusion around what happened with their parent. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think this, book is so perfectly timed because 20 years is a lot of time to think and process um you know yeah. the the youngest people I've, I've spoken to are now 20. so they uh, are i mean their whole lives have been def- not defined but shaped by what has happened in their lives so young yeah um And there, I think I set out to write this book and I thought it would be like a BuzzFeed article where I'd have like the top 10 things to help you get through your grief and trauma. And what I found is it's not that simple. A lot of it has to do with time. And sometimes a part of that journey, it's not always a straight line. Sometimes it's two step back, one step forward. Um, But you have to give yourself that time to grieve uh, before you can move on to any of the next steps.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I love the fact that you probably, and maybe you experienced this, and maybe I, I kind of want to get your take on this. As you went to these children, they're not children anymore, like you said. They're they're adults, right? The youngest are in their 20s now. But as you went and you interviewed them, it probably was a sense of healing for them to share the story of, I, you know, I remember being there, and we watch the towers fall and then we don't hear anything from our loved one that they never come home. They never call, they never recover a body. They never, you know, and uh, it probably was healing to share that story with other people. And I'm sure they, I'm sure they've shared it with others, right? Like I'm sure there's other people that wanted to know what happened and what it was like and things like that. But to share it, I, I just interviewed, um, a couple of weeks ago, a woman who lost both her father and her son to suicide wow. and her son was, uh, took his life less than two years ago. So still very fresh mm-hmm. on her, you know, time frame. And she's out there sharing the story about, you know, how to help prevent, uh, suicide and especially in teens and, and things like that. And she said, the biggest healer I've ha- found was to just share the story of my mm-hmm. son and my father is to just tell people about it. That's the biggest factor I've found about healing from it. And I would, I would suspect that there was, in in many cases, that was the same for many of these people, just sharing the story, the legacy of these people who uh, many of them were probably, their parents were heroes, Uh, you know, went back in like your, your husband or your, yeah, your husband's father who went back in to help people. Maybe they were firefighters or police officers, Uh, you know, heroes, men that, Put their fear aside, went in and and managed to find courage inside of themselves to go into a, a burning building. That you know, <laughs> I mean, that had to have been yeah. such a scary experience. I can't even imagine. But um, yeah, the healing that comes from sharing that story, I imagine, is just powerful. So um,
1: yeah, many of them have shared that it's been cathartic in that way. Mm. Um, and with so much attention around nine eleven. I believe uh, what, I've, what I've found is many of them guarded their hearts around who they shared their story with, Interesting. right? It, it's not yeah. easy to be the 9-11 kid. I, sure. For my husband, he grew up, um, we grew up in Pennsylvania yeah. and there, he was the only kid in his whole school who lost a parent that day. Wow. So um, he was actually very grateful when he got to move, they, they moved school so that he could sort of have a new identity that was separate from this experience. Um, because yeah. again, nobody wants to be known as that nine 11 kid. Um, yeah. and there's also people out there with not the best of intentions. Um, my, my husband shared a story where a reporter wanted to follow his family for a year and see how they were coping after, uh, yeah. the loss. And so there was a, a lot of people trying to come in in an invasive way. Right. Um, and I I think what I've what has been different about this project is the people that I've spoken to know my heart for this yeah. is different than a news reporter. I'm not looking. There's no angle here other than to hopefully help other people, um, and I'm personally connected by it. Right, my life is intertwined sure. with it as well, um, and it impacts me on a daily basis in in many ways. So. Uh, it's it's been a, a good give and take, a good balance between both of us, and it's been a very interesting time. I, I never want to say I'm so excited to do these interviews and talk to people about their grief mm-hmm. and trauma, but um, you know, to be able to help them in some way as they talk through it, and for them to understand, you know, it, it might be painful to reshare this story, but as I've spoken with uh, a few different psychologists who. Study these types of things. Um, what they've found is that when the individual understands that there is a greater common pers- purpose for the pain, it's they find that it's easier to get through those conversations. Mm. And so, with that common yeah. goal in mind, of you know, I want to share my parents' story because they were a hero, or I want to be the role model that I saw in my parent for yeah. others. Um, they're able to give themselves uh, up to this project and be very vulnerable.
0: Hey, it's Adam. And I wanted to just jump in here real quick because I want to let you know that I am rooting for you and that if you are ready to take your life to the next level and maybe you're not sure exactly what you need to do, let me tell you, it all starts with your mindset. It all starts with how you're thinking about yourself, how to really visualize what you want in life. And if you feel like you need a little bit of help in that area, I have this workbook. It's called Mindset for Success to really help you take your life to the next level. And you can grab a free copy of that workbook right now for free at arisetoconnect.com slash mindset for success. In this workbook, you're going to learn the do's and don'ts of what you should and shouldn't be doing when it comes to how you think and look at yourself in your life. And it's full of questions that you can ask yourself to really start evaluating what you want and where you want to go so go ahead and feel free to grab that free copy of mindset for success right now again at arise to connect.com slash mindset for success and go and grab your free copy today so that you can start taking your life to the next level and now let's get back into the episode Amazing. And, and you're right. Like when you have that purpose and in mind, and obviously yours is a very personal purpose. I think a lot of people are more willing to share that, that very vulnerable side of that story. And, uh, I, I I can't even imagine your, your husband, like you say, it's, it's probably not an easy to be the, the nine 11 kid. Right. Um, I, I don't know how many people, who live around you and you're friends with actually know this story. Probably, probably some of them, but probably not all of them.
1: Uh, it's interesting since we moved to Florida, um, less people in this community are impacted than up North. Yeah. And so now it almost feels like this six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing where like <laughs> once he does open up, people are like, whoa, like I know somebody who, whose dad died in nine 11, like they, their minds are just blown Um, Mm -hmm. and it's, but that's difficult, right? We, you have to set very clear boundaries on what you're willing to open up to people about, um, because you, we have, we, in the way that we guard our bodies and, you know, what we're willing to submit ourselves to, we need to do the same with our hearts. And I think because we don't see that layer, we sometimes forget to,
0: yeah. Well, and I think one thing that I love about this project and this book is that you are carrying on the legacy of these these people, these amazing people who have a story to tell. and you know I, I, every year it seems like every year there's when 9/11 comes around, there is always you know some posts that come up, but every year it seems like there's less and less. like as we go yeah, on, mm-hmm. there's less and less and I'm sure it's that way for any kind of tragedy or story. I'm sure it was the same for Pearl Harbor, right? I mean, every year you still see stuff about Pearl Harbor, but it's probably not as much as it was the year after it happened or two years or three right. years or five years, right? And 20 years later now, you do see them still, but like, I remember, you know, 10 years ago, like 9-11 would come up and there was posts everywhere. Like, you know, right. Instagram was fairly new and there was just Facebook, it was just loaded with posts of, of the towers and the eagle behind the towers and, you know, all these things. All these pictures that always pop up every year, and every year it seems like there's less and less of them. And so I'm I'm grateful that you're sharing the story, that you're still putting it out there for people to understand. Because uh, I guess to circle back a little bit on what you said about some of these these young uh, kids that were you know maybe born or they were you know newborn babies when their parent passed away, they don't remember a post 911 world. Like and my kids are to say my wife was pregnant with our very first child when it all happened and they don't know. And we've told them like, yeah, like you used to be able to go to the airport. used to be able to go through security. Uh, you know, anybody could go in and go to the gate to say goodbye and welcome people home. And like, it was so different. And then post nine 11, like, you know, there's all these, uh, you know, security and you can't take liquids on and you, you know, there's so much, And a lot of these people probably don't even remember a world where that, you know, didn't exist. Like it's just, it's ingrained in their life now in all of our lives. But I, we remember right. Like what that was like, like to fly was so different and to like, you could bring whatever you wanted on the plane pretty much. Like they didn't care. I mean, there was a few things, right? Like you say the word bomb in an airport, it attracts security. Right. But, <laughs> but nowadays it's like, you say bomb, like you're going to go like interrogate you for the next six hours in some back room right. in the the airport. Like it's so different. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, but so many people don't, so many of these young people, my kids have no idea what that's like. And, yeah. um, you know, kids being born now during the pandemic probably will have a completely different view of the world from, you know, the post pandemic, because things are going to change. Like, I mean, yes, yeah. things will get back to normal and things will get kind of, you know, back on you know, rhythm, but some things will just be different. And it's just how yep. it's going to be. Right.
1: So, and it's, it's very interesting. Again, this timing of things, right. 20 years apart yeah. of nine we've had this pandemic that also is set to change our entire way of being. And yet there are kids who don't remember 9-11 who are, again, now shaped by this new tragedy. Um, and so it, it really makes you think, you know, I, one of the other things they don't remember if they were that young was the camaraderie that yeah. Americans felt after 9-11. I mean, you could you could taste the patriotism, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was just even I was I was a kid, but I just remember that feeling of people coming together in that time. Yeah. And it begs the a very interesting question of are we feeling that same camaraderie in the face of our next biggest tragedy, arguably with COVID 19? Yeah. And as I talk to these, especially those who really just are born into this right now and now are coming into adulthood in the time of a pandemic. Um their sentiment is no. And wow. and we said we would never forget and we forgot, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, and one of the children said to me something so poignant that I will never forget. And she said that her family tries to live every day like it's 9, 12, September 12th, because of how the world came together and supported their families and worked together through diversity, right? Lots of different political backgrounds coming together to find resolve after this. And yet we, many of them don't feel we can say the same during our current environment. So uh, what I am excited about with the silver lining, right? That it's not all bad is that these people who are noticing the gap between what they know of what happened after 9-11 and what they know of happening now, they are now adults. They're going to be our future leaders, our future parents, and they are looking to instill those practices and just that, that feeling of, again, of camaraderie, of kindness, of living with gratitude into their own communities. And that's what I'm most excited for.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I'm glad you brought that up because I would say that we have not come together as a nation that much since probably World War II, right? Like right. the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and I, I do remember. I, I remember waking up and you'd see the pictures on the front page of the newspaper of the, the you know the firemen raising the flag at, at the the Trade Center, uh, the World Trade Center, and how that would just instilled like, oh, we're gonna. We're gonna to come together as a nation, we're gonna fight terrorism and I mean there was like ninety something percent like voted to go into Iraq and Afghanistan right after, right? right? To go after Osama bin Laden of Congress. And we've never had like that much agreement in Congress since, like ever. And especially not now. Like there's so much division in our government, there's so much division in politics, so much division in just our culture right now. And we definitely could use a lot more of that unified mentality mentality that we had right after 9-11 because the world is and and I don't love bringing like a lot of politics into it. But, um, you know, since you brought it up there, there is just a whole different feeling now than there was right after 9-11. There was there was this beautiful like uh, we all came together. It didn't matter. Black, white, green, blue. It didn't matter. Like nobody cared. Like, right. we're all in this together. We're going to rally and we're going to support our troops. Like, there's never, there hasn't been that much support for our troops in, like, forever. And uh, a lot of people went back and supported troops from, like, Vietnam and stuff because they never got support that they were supposed to have gotten. And uh, it, it really was a beautiful time in in that regard. Uh, it's horrible that it took such a tragedy to bring that out in us. And, and maybe that's what is going to have to happen again. But this pandemic has not been it, right? Like we can see the division. Uh, Do you wear a mask? I don't wear a mask. I hate doing this. I hate doing that. I'm not going to do that. My liberties are being infringed upon, uh, you know, and then you get it all into all the other political agendas that are out there. It's just crazy and and so unsettling. So um, I think it's important to recognize that even amongst all the chaos, because that was a very chaotic time in our history, we can still come together. And even now with amongst all the chaos, we should be able to still come together if we're willing to and put aside our pride and, and listen, like just listen to each other and understand where each other's are, each other are coming from and not like be so quick to be like, no, you're wrong. I, I don't agree. And anyways, that's my soapbox. I'll get off of it for now. um, It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I really do. I, I am passionate about the theme of, of trying to unify people. And, and that's one reason why I do this podcast is to inspire and help bring the greatness out that it sounds like your book is also trying to bring out with these future, uh, like you said, leaders and fathers and husbands, or wives and, and people who lost their, their loved ones in the 9-11 tragedy. And now they're trying to bring that uh, unification back. And it's beautiful. We need it. We need yeah. it more than ever for sure, so.
1: And I'm I'm sure it won't shock you that many of the children that now adults that I've spoken to um, went into service roles in their careers. Oh. So um, many of them, their parent was a firefighter. There was a firefighter who was lost that day, and um, there's one family, uh, the Asaros. They uh, four out of six of their kids went into firefighting in the oh. FDNY department after their dad. Uh, Many others have gone into education or into social work because of the educators or social workers they had in their lives or the therapists that they had in their lives. um, And they said, yes, I want to do that so that I can help others. Um, And again, it's, it's something that unfortunately often does take great tragedy to bring out in people. But what I'm also hoping this book helps others to understand is that the children of 9-11, the the 9-11 surviving children, they're not superheroes, right? They are normal average people that just went through something really crappy. We've all been through something really crappy Mm -hmm. and we can use that to do something good if we choose to.
0: Absolutely. Great uh, inspiration for sure. And I, I, I believe that you're right, that we all go through our, crappy moments in life and if we can share those moments and help inspire other people and teach them that yes it's hard yes life is not always fair uh it was not fair for those kids to have to lose a a loved one or a parent and but we can use that strength to inspire and help other people for sure so exactly uh, thank you for sharing that. that that's beautiful So um, I would love to hear if there's like one story from the book besides your husband's because your husband's is is amazing. But if there was another story that you could share that uh, we could inspire other people right now, what would be one of those stories that you could talk about briefly? Yeah.
1: So uh, one that comes to mind right away is Nicole Foster, Uh, Nicole was about five years old very young when she lost Mm -hmm. her dad so has very minimal memories of their time together um but just old enough to sort of understand the loss and be asking those questions of you know where is dad and maybe not understanding the the permanence of the loss um you know there there she feels fortunate there was a lot of good home videos to look back on and Mm -hmm. and a lot of friends um who continue to tell the stories, right? That's another big common theme is for those 9-11 surviving children who are doing so well, it's because they had great role models who were still living um, to keep those routines and, and, instill those stories of the parent they lost in them. But um, as Nicole uh, continued to grow up at the age of 15, she was actually diagnosed with leukemia. And so now you have someone who has been struck by tragedy, you know, twice within a wow. 10 year span um, and twice within f- like 15 years of her whole life. I mean, that that's yeah. a lot to yeah, happen. Yeah. And she talks about that time and just being so scared, but also in this headspace where she just told herself, you know, I, I have to get through this. I have no other option. But to get through this. So as a 15-year-old sitting in a hospital bed, her first thought each morning was, you know, other than thinking through, okay, what can I be grateful for today? And it's going, okay, I have a I have great doctors who are going to get me the care I need, and I have family to support me through it. And so sometimes her goal that day was taking the medication that was prescribed to her. Sometimes it was making sure she got to eat a healthy meal. And so she just set up these tiny goals for, I mean, they, they seem so tiny, but they yeah. all add up, right? Oh, yeah. To help that person get through each day. And so I remember asking her because I was really in my, probably like really in my feelings about my own challenges mm-hmm. right when I talked to her. And I said, did you ever just turn around and say like, why me? You know, because there are a million times where I have asked that this past year of like, why is this happening to me? Like, how many more things and I ever going to get good news? And she just said, you know, I have already been through hell. And so I'm going to get through this. Like, I don't have another choice. And that was really how she saw it. You know, did she really have another choice? Sure. Right. She could have chosen to give up and been negative through the experience. And I mean, there there are so many studies around the correlation of positive thinking and people's recovery. And yet she buckled down and said, we're going to get through this. Um, And that carried her through. And today, she uh, just graduated with her master's degree. She's a health and wellness coach. Um, Actually, she just uh, landed a job with the Calm app, if you're familiar with that, um, which is a great resource for people. And uh yeah, I it's it's funny like I become so proud of these people and I often say to them like we need to talk again in another 20 years because I just can't <laughs> wait to hear now that they're just emerging into their careers and into their adult lives like what happens next. You know, I wish I had a crystal ball just to be able to watch it.
0: Wow. So inspiring. Uh thanks for sharing that. And it, it it's just amazing the resilience that these people have and their outlook on life and how many total stories are in the book how many have you put in there
1: we have about 20 stories um at this time yeah
0: that's amazing
1: quite a few yeah Yeah,
0: beautiful so um remind me again so it's called rise from the ashes Mm -hmm. and where can people get a hold of this book
1: so uh, there will be a, a pre-release campaign coming in March of this year. Awesome. The book will be published with uh, New Degree Press and will be available on Amazon after that pre-release. But um, if you're looking for a signed copy, I would definitely recommend uh, purchasing in that pre-release uh, once it becomes available. And so uh, that will definitely be a part of funding of the book for uh, the audio book, as well as uh, a paperback an ebook and, uh, a hardcover when that time comes, but, uh, will be officially published in August of 2021, which again, um, the timing could not be, uh, paired more perfectly with the, uh, 20th anniversary in September.
0: Yeah. So cool. And again, I'm so happy that you're bringing awareness back to this amazing time in our history that, like I say, every year I feels like it gets a little bit less uh, looked at and remembered, mm-hmm. and and that and, and that's going to happen with time. We understand that, but it is something that we need to remember. It's something that our children are are learning about in the history books now, and it, it it's just amazing that, like we talked about at the very beginning, every single person who was alive during that time remembers where they were when it happened. I remember I I was at the time. Like I say, we were young. My wife and I were just fairly newly married. We we're in our first year of marriage. She was pregnant with our first daughter. I was working graveyards. I had just come home from graveyard, my shift, first thing in the morning when I hear uh, that it's going, actually, my mother-in-law called and said, hey, turn on the news. We're under attack. I'm like, what are you talking about? Turn on the news, yeah. and I see the the plane crash into the first tower. And uh, yeah, it was, it was just crazy. Like, people remember that, that we alive. And uh, it, it's just a, such a, you know, such a, a a memorable time that we we need to remember that time for sure. The people that, that lost their life, the a way that the country rallied around our uh, first responders, our military, our nation as a whole, just we were amazing. And we just we went to work like that is one thing that this country has been in the past so good at is when someone tries to stomp on us, man. We just, we go to work and we, we fight back. And, uh, it was really inspiring to know, uh, that that happened, but, um, definitely we need to remember the folks that lost their lives and the story of the people who survived as well. Like you're, you're bringing awareness to like your husband. Uh, it's so amazing that you're doing that. And, and my, my wife and I, we actually, we have a special, uh, hold or have 9-11 9-11 has a special place in our life because our twins, our youngest twins were born on 9-11. Obviously it was in wow. 13 years later, um, but that is like the easiest birthday for us to remember because of that, that very important day in our history. So of course. Um, my other kids, sometimes I, I forget what day they were born on, but that one, that was that <laughs> You won't forget theirs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never forget that. So, um, you know, of course they're only seven, so it wasn't on the time of, of their, the, uh, you know, when it actually happened, but 13 years later and wow. uh, so important to remember. So thank you so much and for bringing this uh, to the forefront of everybody to share the story of your husband and these other survivors. It's, it's just fantastic and we need to remember it. We need to remember these people and uh, for sure the people who gave their life and uh, it, it's just amazing. So thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. And thank you so much for having me on the show. And I just can't wait to see, you know, through this podcast and and through the book, you know, who who we're going to reach. Right. right. We never know who is in that dark place. And right. uh, hopefully we can uh, really rise them up and um, show them that there there's light. Right. Where Absolutely. where there's hope, there's there's light and life.
0: Yeah. And I love the fact that the name of the book is Rise from the Ashes because my wife and I company is called um, a Rise to Connect. And our logo is a phoenix, you know, rising out of the ashes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we, we, it's, it's very, very awesome that people can, they can rise up and they can, uh, you know, get past the hardship in their life. They can be amazing. And and so I want to end with this question and uh, get your response to it. And that is if there's one to maybe three things you would say someone needs to unleash the greatness within themselves, what would that be?
1: Mm. There are just so many, <laughs> but if I had to choose <laughs> one, I would think to remember that things are not just black and white. Mm. I think as I've seen in my grief and the, everything that I've been struggling with is that it can only be dark, right? I'm like, I'm upset. And so all these things are dark yeah. <laughs> rather than understanding that life is a, is on a spectrum right? That I can be both happy and sad, you know, from my own example, um, you know, a a friend can announce a pregnancy, and it's okay for me to be happy for her and sad for me, those two feelings can coexist. And I think that's a really hard thing for us as a society to understand that we can be more than one thing, we don't just fit into the happy box or the sad box. Um, and I hope that as people hear this, they see that we have the opportunity to color in the lines and say, wait, I am not just this one feeling, this one emotion in this moment, but I am a plethora of things and all of them are okay. And I have the opportunity to decide what I do with all of the different colors of emotions in my life to help right. me move forward in my goals
0: beautiful. That I love that. So, and just to put my kind of two cents spin on it, I guess is it's okay to feel, it's okay to have those emotions. And like you said, it's what we choose to do with them that really matters. We can either, we can either tear down or we can create with it because emotion is emotion. Like it's just, it's raw and we can use it to either bring other people's down. Like when someone does announce that they're pregnant, you could either lash out and get upset and, and just, you know, be completely mean and, and ornery and upset. Or you can say, you know, that hurts because I want that. But at the same time, you can say, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. And and so you yeah. can choose. We always can choose what we do with that emotion and we can either tear down or we can create. And I, I believe yeah. that we should rise out of the ashes and create more than tear down. So.
1: Um, exactly. Doesn't mean it's always easy, no. but the choice is always there. Right.
0: Because so. when you tear down, it's just like those men who who brought those towers down that day, and it, it doesn't yep. serve anybody. It just hurts and uh, brings more destruction than anything. But exactly. If we choose to build up and rise from the ashes, then we can be more powerful and and spread a message of hope and love and uh, uh, and purpose in life. So, uh, mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for your insight. And for those who are listening, uh, I will make sure to have a link below this uh, video on YouTube, or if you're listening to it on my podcast, where you can get a copy or pre order a copy of the book Rising from the Ashes, Rise from the Ashes. Uh, And you can go and listen to these inspiring stories of these survivors and how they tell about their experience losing a loved one in 9 11. So awesome. Excuse me. So awesome. I, I honestly I, I'm going to get myself a copy. I can't wait to read it. I love to read. So uh, and especially anything that's going to inspire me to be better and to have a, a, a different perspe- perspective of life. And so um, those listening, please go get a, a copy pre ordered or or get it today. So um, Peyton, thank you so much again for being on the show. I truly appreciate it. It's been a pleasure your insights have been amazing. And, uh, I just, yeah, I'm so grateful that you were able to come on and share your, your story. So thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: And, uh, everybody go out there and live your life to the fullest and unleash your greatness today. And we will talk to you all later. Hey everybody. Thanks for joining me today. And I really appreciate you being here and do me a favor. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite, uh, platform that you listen to podcasts on and also leave me a message or a comment or a review. I'd I just really appreciate it. Also, why I've got you here, if you are ready to take your life to the next level, I have an amazing program right now that's called Achievement Monthly. And this is a monthly program where you can come and learn every month from me, Adam Platt, achievement coach, and we're gonna go I'm gonna go live every month come on and help you get to that next level in life, that next level of success, that next level of achievement. Because, you know, up until now, you've, you've done so well and you've done all you can, but sometimes you just need a little bit more help, a little bit more oomph to get you to that next level. And that's what this program is really meant to be. And so it's uh, designed to help you, one, learn what you need to do to get to that next level. And two, it's also meant so that you can Uh, network with other people. So we're going to train for about an hour, hour and 15 minutes, and then we're going to break out in the group so that you can network with other people, get to know them and connect with them so that they can help support you in your goals, your dreams, and create the life that you want. So if you are interested in joining that program for only $39 a month, you can go and register at com slash achievement. And I am so excited to see you there and to help you get to that next level in life because, man, that's where everything starts to go right and happen for you. So go again, register right now at AriseToConnect.com slash achievement. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside of that program and every month so that we can get you working towards that goal and that dream life that you want. Thanks and have a have an amazing day. Go out and make your life what you want it to be.